The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Greetings, pet lovers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We welcome our pet lovers who tune in each week from around the world. Dr. Fleck is out today. He had surgery late last week, and he's just not feeling really good yet. You know, Dr. Fleck is, he's 75, so it takes a little longer to heal. But I think he's going to be back to join us next week. So filling in for him for part of the show is Dr. Tina Wismer. You guys know her. She's on the show on a regular basis. She works at the ASPCA uh, Poison Control Center. She is also one of our dream team. She's on our advisory council. I'm happy to have her here with us. So Dr. Tina is known for the different color hair that she has. She's kind of like Nymphadora of Harry Potter, right? Wouldn't you say that, Dr. Tina? It is fun to keep changing your hair color. <laughs> and today, uh, I'm happy to say she's uh, wearing her purple hair, sporting my favorite color, my brand color for Charlotte Reed Pet Trendologist. So I'm glad about that. You know, one of the things I like about Dr. Tina is that she shows dogs and she gets to travel a lot because of her job. So Dr. Tina and I went to Westminster this past year and she's got Borzois, Russian wolfhounds. They're gorgeous. Now, how are your dogs doing? You're, sh- you're showing what's going on with that. Yeah, so far it's been a great fall. Um, I had one of my dogs finish her grand championship and another one has three majors. So we just need a few more points to get her championship. And then you're starting some new activities with the dogs other than showing for confirmation, right? Yes, this is the start of lure coursing season. So lure coursing simulates chasing rabbits. You go into a big field they have um, basically their white trash bags on a pulley system on a string and they chase in a pattern. And so they're graded on, you know, follow speed, you know, endurance. So yeah, lure course. They take a white garbage bag. Do they tie it up? Oh yeah. So it's like two ears then. It is. It is. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. You got to take a picture and send it to us. We and then. So do you work with the dogs? You just let them go. And then they chase the plastic bags. It's it's all instinct, right? So uh-huh. there's not a lot of a work on my end. I just let the dog go at the appropriate time and it chases the bags. Does each dog get a turn doing it like the competitors in the field? So we run in braces. So three dogs at a time. So do you use all three of your dogs or? Right. So it's other competitors' dogs. But it's mm-hmm. the same breed, right? Okay. Borzoi run against Borzoi. Uh, whippets run against Whippets because they have different running styles. So how competitive does it get? I mean, we've all seen Best in Show, that movie. Does it? Is it? Do, do some parents like, do you hear them saying, like freaking out? Yeah. Sometimes there is a little bit of drama, but at least with lure coursing, there's not a lot you can do once you let your dogs go. It's so. Like you don't scream, Jonah, run! <laughs> you don't do that. We don't because you don't want to distract your dog from chasing the bags. Right. Okay. Like if it was Churchill, if you were like, Ron Churchill, he'd probably turn around and sit in front of me like, what, mom? <laughs> You're calling me. 
Yeah. Right. I read the most horrific story in the New York Post this morning. So it was about a guy and it was an editorial that he wrote or opinion piece he wrote. He said he was on a plane. And the first thing he said is, I don't like dogs. And I don't even understand why people travel with dogs. And then he said, I was approached repeatedly on a plane by a dog. And I complained to the flight attendant who said, there's nothing I can do. It's a service dog. So eventually this 20 something came up to him and said, man, what's your problem? And he goes, what's my problem? Why is your dog loose running around? Nobody has a problem. You're the only one on this flight. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I mean, number one, having the dog loose, whether it was a service dog or not, is against FAA rules. The dog should be sitting by your side in front of you or under the seat in front of you. And the dog should not be begging to be pet. So obviously this is not a service dog because service dogs are pet when they're working. So what do you think, Dr. Tina? Yeah, it's it's people like this that give true service dogs a bad name. And, you know, not, as you said, not everybody likes dogs. Some people are scared to death of dogs. Maybe they had a bad experience as a child. Um, so you may love your dog, but definitely keep it, keep it restrained. And um, yeah, don't let it wander the plane. Because if you have a service dog, you don't let people pet it. And now, since this is a recent story, I was really surprised because now you have to fill out forms and you have to certify that your dog is a service dog or you will be fined a lot of money by the U.S. government if you get caught. So um, I don't know who this young lady was is, but I think you have to realize, uh, miss, whoever you are out there, that your actions can ruin it for people who do have true service dogs like me and other people who um, would like to go on vacation, would like to have pets. So I'm I'm always surprised when I hear stories like this because people don't realize their behavior affects policies in the future. Yes, exactly. Great points. Give us the daily rundown of the show, Charlotte. Well, this week on the Pet Buzz, we're talking about a dog found underground. He'd been there for two days. Did Governor DeSantis really kick Tucker Carlson's dog? Canine expert Mike Gould joins us discussing the use of dogs in policing. One of our listeners, Jessica from Kentucky, wants to know why cats need. And Dr. Tina Wismer talks about, as my co-host for the day, talks about inducing pets to vomit. And more than a week ago, the devastating 6.8 magnitude earthquake struck southwest of Marrakesh, leveling cities and villages. Nearly 3,000 human lives were lost and more individuals were injured. Just as we must help the humans devastated from the earthquake, we can't forget the animals. There are animals in dire need of help. Joining us today is Luke Barrett, campaign director for the Network for Animals, an organization that crusades against animal cruelty all over the world. Mr. Barrett is the campaign director. He oversees all campaign activities and the development of new projects in 26 countries in Africa, Europe, and North America. Luke, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you very much for having me, Charlotte. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, before we get started, tell us a little bit about the organization. Tell us about Network for Animals. 
Sure. Uh, well, Network for Animals is a global organization, um, and we um, work by um, creating projects as well as working with other like-minded organizations um, to improve the lives and the welfare of abused animals around the world. So that's that's basically what we do. So um, I think you have teams in Morocco or on the ground in Morocco. Is that correct? Yeah. So in Morocco, um, you know, it's it's quite difficult to actually get our own individual people on the ground because the Moroccan government requires um, special permits in order to go into these uh, these disaster zones. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we we partnered up with um, some local animal welfare organizations in order to access some of these areas. Um, and so that's how we've been conducting our activities there for the time being until yeah, I mean, we can get someone there. I know Morocco has refused help from various countries around the globe. Do you know why that is? I mean, is it political? Uh, well, it's it's not really uncommon for nations to refuse help um, in disaster situations. And there's a number of reasons for that. It's uh, one is they want, you know, national pride is one of the things they want to, um, you know, handle it themselves. The other thing is they don't want other people kind of inter not interfering, but more um, getting in the way of uh, the their rescue operations and their recovery. Sure. Yeah. So, so there's a number of reasons, but right now I would say that they need all the help they can get. Sure. I would think so. I mean, I can understand a country wanting to take control of a situation, but when you have mm -hmm. so many people, um, such a large area and um, so many animals in need, including not only pets, but working animals, you know, and um, humanitarian organizations, I can understand help from countries to a certain extent, but a lot of humanitarian organizations like yours want to come in and also help. So um, hopefully Morocco in the coming weeks will um, will change their policy. Well, if you've just joined us, we're speaking with Luke Barrett, campaign director for the Network for Animals, an organization that crusades against animal cruelty all over the world. Um, we need to take a commercial break and we'll be back with Luke Barrett, campaign director for the Network for Animals. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Com. What if you could help turn back the clock and help your dog play like a puppy again, no matter their age? Introducing Dr. Marty Pet's Nature's Blend, a premium freeze-dried raw dog food called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine. Dr. Marty is now helping dog parents right at home. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Nature's Blend is designed to support your dog's healthy lifespan with turkey, beef, salmon, duck, seeds, veggies, and fruit, and with zero artificial preservatives. When given the choice between Nature's Blend and Amazon's number one bestseller, 
dollar in dry dog food? 29 out of 30 dogs chose Nature's Blend first. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. Study available upon request. Message and data rates may apply. A Rottweiler named Whiskey with hours to live brought back to full health. A terrier named Snoopy, paralyzed in all four legs, who ran and played again within months. These dogs are known as Marty's Miracles. Dogs brought back to health by Dr. Marty Goldstein. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine, he's now created a premium dog food for you called Nature. Blend. It's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion, nourished skin, playful energy, and most importantly, their healthy, full life. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Flackman. Well, we're back with Luke Barrett from Network for Animals discussing how the earthquake in Morocco affected the animals. Um, Luke, you know, can you give us an idea of how people are doing um, and what are the country conditions? I mean, I would assume from the pictures, obviously, it's devastating. But I mean, are the people sticking together? I mean, usually people come together in a disaster. Yeah, it's exactly that. Um, people have come together there. Um, you know, there's this really from what I've I've heard through our sources that there's a sense of um, kind of urgency and people are, are getting together and 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 just kind of getting things done, you know. Um, so they are um, working quite hard to 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 see if there are any survivors and the organizations that we are working with are um are kind of like at the end of the rescue efforts now mm-hmm. you know it's been done um so now that all the animals and all the the, the, the have been taken to the various sanctuaries um and now what is needed is just like the ongoing care uh for these animals because you know it's it, you know after the disaster they they go to sanctuaries and then those those animals need ongoing medical care and they need um you know uh food and other things to to kind of uh get them ready for the next steps after that how do they go about the process of looking for animals and people in the rubble i mean obviously people use their hands do they use like um equipment like thermal drones to detect humans or or animals not not that i'm aware of they don't have um you know, those state-of-the-art kind of drones, those thermal drones that maybe somewhere like the U.S. would would have and, and deploy into these situations. Um, so most of the work is being done with actually with dogs. So they use dogs to go sniff for dogs. Mm-hmm. So the dogs are trained to sniff out uh, other living creatures. Mm-hmm. And if they get the scent and they go into the rubble and then they they, they use digger loaders to, to remove some of the, the, the rubble as well as like by hand. 
Um, but again, that's it, it shows that, you know, in these times we rely on animals so heavily, you know, sure. the, the dogs are snipping out, um, you know, people that, that are trapped and, and, and other animals too. Um, before you go, give us a website so we can learn more about you, your organization and the efforts in Morocco. Sure. So it's uh, Network for Animals. So if anyone just Googles Network for Animals, I'm sure that will come up. But it's www.networkforanimals.org. That's our website. Yeah. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Well, just to remind you, that was Luke Barrett, Campaign Director for the Network for Animals, an organization that crusades against animal cruelty all over the world. Hey, visit their website. If possible, donate a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars to help animals in need in Morocco and and in that case, animals all over the world. Sometimes celebrity pet owners do the darndest things. And now the latest latest news news about about celebrities celebrities and their pets. pets. Well, take reality TV star Christina Hall of Christina on the Coast. She's been having behavioral problems with a French bulldog since she remarried and blended her two legged and four legged family members. Her dog won't stop barking instead of seeking support and behavioral advice from a top dog trainer or a canine behaviorist. She headed out to the chakra shack to seek advice from an animal communicator. Really? The empathetic healer said she can read dogs because they have feelings and that Hall's Frenchie was feeling like he was getting lost in the pack, the pack of the new family, the new, the kids, old and new, the dogs, old and new. Well, I have no idea what Hall paid for this session, but I don't think there was any good advice given to Hall in terms of treating her dog's anxiety, as well as giving her a solution on how to deal with the dog's barking behavior. Frankly, this seems like it was just fodder for reality TV. The problem is that it sends the wrong or incorrect messages to dog owners, meaning instead of going to a professional, you're seeking kind of a freakish or wacko choice. I think really we need to have our advisory, our new advisory board member and top dog trainer author, Brian Kilcummins, who's written a multiple a multitude of books, tackle this one. So I'm going to ask Brian to come on the show and talk about this problem next week. We're going to call that segment Ask the Dog Trainer. Dr. Fleck isn't here today, but Dr. Tina Wismer from our Dream Team Advisory Council is going to take over for Dr. Fleck. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. So, Dr. Tina, thanks for being here. Thanks for subbing in for Dr. Fleck. What are we going to talk about today? I think we're going to talk about how to induce vomiting in your dogs if needed. Oh, that's great. So when would we need to do that, for example? So if you think your pet has ingested something poisonous, it's important to contact either your own veterinarian or the Animal Poison Control Center to see if it's safe to induce vomiting in your pet. And what would you induce vomiting with? So what we use at home is 3% hydrogen peroxide. This is the stuff in the brown bottle that you put on your cuts and scrapes. We do not use like the 30% that you use to bleach your hair or the food grade peroxide. That can be um, definitely a problem. We also don't induce vomiting in cats at home 
Um, you know, we joke that for cats, you need that priceless oriental carpet to make them vomit anyhow. Um, <laughs> but dogs will vomit at home with peroxide. Okay, so 3% hydrogen peroxide. And then how do we know how much to give? So you're going to give one teaspoon of peroxide per five pounds of dog. Right? Okay. So your 20 pound dog would get four teaspoons. You have to make sure you have a fresh bottle, right? So fortunately, peroxide's pretty cheap. You know, it's a buck or two. So <laughs> you, can yeah. keep, you can keep some at home and make sure you have an unopened bottle because the longer it's opened, the less it's going to fizz. And it's that fizzing action in the stomach that causes the stomach to stretch and the animal to vomit. Would it be best to probably use a dropper? So a turkey baster works great in big dogs. Okay. Um, with smaller dogs, a dropper. Or sometimes what we'll do is we will um, add a little peanut butter to a bowl and pour the peroxide over it. So the dog has to drink the peroxide to get to the peanut butter. Now you know the 411. Anything else, Dr. Tina? Um, always call your vet first or us first before inducing because there are things that we don't induce vomiting with. So like cleaning products, anything that could burn going down can burn coming back up. So we do different things with those. So no vomiting. Well, you know what? I'm going to say what Dr. Fleck says every week. Unfortunately, Dr. Fleck couldn't be here to give us his Flex facts, but we got Dr. Wismer facts. So just as good. Thank you, Dr. Tina. And we'll hope you come back soon. Well, in our next segment is our next guest, canine expert Mike Gould, talking about dogs working within the criminal justice system. And of course, our I likey of the week is next. Does your pet have dry, flaky and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. You'd never knowingly feed your pup mystery meat or spoiled grocery store food. So why are those some of the most common protein sources in kibble today? Yep, the dog food ingredient meat meal can be made of spoiled supermarket meat and packing plant scraps. I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet similar to what they would eat in the wild. That's why I developed Nature's Blend, a freeze-dried raw food made with premium cuts of meat, omega-3 rich seeds, and superfood veggies and fruit. Bailey is 12 years old. He has been on your food for nine bags now. Nature's Blend is pantry safe and has zero artificial preservatives, additives, filler, or meat meal. He's got more energy, able to run around and play when our grandson comes. For a limited time, save 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. I can't thank you enough. He's 12 and I'm enjoying every day with him. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text stop to opt out. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Let's kick off this segment with the I Likey of the Week. 
Well, just a few days ago was National Cat and Dog Gut Health Awareness Day, an awareness initiative to learn more about gut health and its important for our pets overall health. It's genius. It's to die for. Well, the way to a dog's health and heart is through their stomach. Ensuring a healthy gut is essential for overall well-being as the gut is responsible not only for digestion, but also for assisting functions such as immune system activity. Well, Go Solutions Digestion Plus Gut Health Salmon Recipe with Ancient Grains for Dogs is crafted by nutrition experts to include a specialized mix of patented probiotics designed to survive the digestive tract and support digestion. A three-yeast blend to support a healthy gut microbiome and fiber-rich ancient grades, including quinoa, sorghum, millet, and oats for dogs of all life stages. You know, this recipe provides complete and balanced nutrition with premium quality functional ingredients and zero byproduct meals and artificial preservatives. It's part of the popular Go Solutions line featuring a range of recipes that are designed to support a variety of different dietary requirements based on individual needs of dogs and cats. So to learn more about Go Solutions Digestion plus gut health salmon recipe with ancient grades for dogs, visit go-solutions.com. Gosolutions.com. Mail call. You've got mail. Well, Jessica from Kentucky writes, Charlotte, I just got my first cat. It's doing this thing like it's needing the blanket at night. Why do cats need? And that's K-N-E-A-D. Well, Jessica, cats need to need because it feels good. More accurately, they do it because they feel good when they do it. They did it to their mothers when they were tiny, adorable nursing balls of fur in order to encourage the milk and the mammary glands to come into the teats. The theory is that as adults, they continue this behavior because they're content. So new cat mama, enjoy that your cat is happy being with you. He needs you. It seems our next guest is on the phone. Charlotte? Can you introduce them? Sure. The search for escape prisoner Daniela Calvacante came to an end about 10 days ago in Pennsylvania. Um, and a police dog played a huge role in ending that search. Yoda, a four-year-old Belgian Malinois, bit Calvacante as he tried to escape while tactical units closed in on the convicted killer. Soon after the capture, the media lauded Yoda, as a hero, was fascinated by how he collared and took down the convict. But really, Yoda and his counterparts, his fellow canines, have been used by law enforcement agencies for centuries, and their importance in the criminal justice system has only grown in recent years. And this is what our next guest is going to talk about. Joining us today to talk about the role of police dogs is canine expert Michael Gould. Michael is a now retired Navy veteran and the founder of Houndstown USA. And they're an interactive pet care facility with 50 locations. Michael is also known as a canine forensic expert. He is the founder of Canine Consultants International, a company dedicated to providing high quality explosive narcotics 
cadaver, and other scent detection dog services to the private industry. Additionally, he works as an expert witness specializing in forensic dog handling, police canine tactics, canine behavior, dog bites, police deployment, use of force, canine crime scenes, use of narcotic drugs, and scent recognition. Michael, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Hello there. You know, Michael, this is what I thought was really interesting. I was surprised to learn that Yoda came from U.S. Border Patrol tactical unit stationed outside of Michigan. Um, was that surprising to you that the dog came from Michigan? And why wouldn't they deploy a canine team that was closer? Did it have to do with the nature of the criminal of Cavalcante or perhaps the absence of dogs or... Um, just the overall, I don't want to say skills of the officers or just, I don't know, the the situation. Let's just call it the situation. I mean, wh- and I was a- I was actually surprised it was a Border Patrol dog. Yeah, yeah. I was somewhat surprised by, by the agency, the Border Patrol, but I wasn't surprised. This was a massive search area. You, 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 you know, this was heavily wooded. It was like literally finding a needle in a haystack. I know the police got a lot of pushback because it took them 10 or 12 days. But this is, you know, it's, 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 as again, it's like finding a needle in the haystack. So it's not uncommon for all these resources. At 9-11, for example, people came out of the woodwork. In fact, volunteers came and it, it kind of hindered our searches. So in this case, it doesn't surprise me that law enforcement came from surrounding areas. You know, the state police, they don't have that many dogs. So if you're looking at a 10 mile, you wouldn't think of 10 miles or whatever the search area was, a 10 mile square area, that's a big, big area. So yeah, it, it's a, it didn't surprise me, number one, that a dog found them. That was, I, I could have bet money on that, that that was the ideal tool in the law enforcement toolbox was the dog. That's what, that's what they're all about. Um, I was a little surprised by the Border Patrol, but I think they just wanted to get as many resources, as many dogs there as they could. And also probably because, I mean, if you think about Michigan or the UP, that's a crazy area. It's just very different. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very outdoors, lots of lakes, lots of whatever. I don't know if the conditions are similar, but I mean, maybe they needed dogs who were actually um, better at doing a larger area. And maybe that was... Um, like you said, the best available dog, uh, Yoda and the other dogs on that team. You know, it's interesting, but uh, and I, you and I talked about this last week. This is the second dog. I mean, first we had Tucker, the chocolate lab, the you know, there were right. and he was just a pet and he helped capture Michael Durham, another escaped convict um, from Pennsylvania. Um, but that's just a pet. And that was just a circumstance of a, 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 a pet dog protecting a you know, home property, um, you know, but Malinois, are they best suited to this type of work? Because, you know, people always, you know, it's the new thing, Yoda, you know, this courageous, you know, dog. Yeah. Yeah. So Malinois, they came into even into law enforcement in the late 80s, 90s. So they're relatively new to law enforcement. But the truth is they're so hardwired that they they are they're a challenge even for experienced dog handlers, unless you really, really, really understand the dog, its temperament, its personality and its capabilities. It can be a handful for even uh, uh, a, a dog handler. You know, they started in the military where, you know, when you're in combat with a dog, you have a little bit more leeway. 
than you do in a civil in a civil uh, deployment in a community. So they're they're a handful. So you have to be very careful. That's what they're bred for. They're bred. They have, as I said, they are what we would call hot high drive dogs and they want to work and that's what their work is is locating things and in this case apprehending no michael we're going to take a commercial break and uh and come right back because it's so fascinating talking to you um this man and i can we could definitely talk all day so stay tuned we'll be right back well we're back with canine expert michael gold michael i'm sure our listeners um are curious about Malinois. So I'm going to ask you because, you know, when you see Yoda and everyone thinks it's a cool name and he caught the criminal, I'm never surprised. Somebody always wants to get the dog of the day. Right. So, sure. um, and, and I told you this, I remember when um, Border Patrol was re, uh, rehoming dogs after they f- served their term. Um, since out of Lackland Air Force Base, where the uh, dog program is run for the country. Uh, stay tuned and we'll be right back. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and, and country. Tell us why a Malinois is not a great pet dog. Well, you know, I hate to say they're not because, as I say, you know, I, I don't like to breed discriminate. That's one thing sure. that's really hard. I think, however, you have to understand what you're getting. So if you uh, uh, buy a great Dane, it comes with a whole bunch of issues, medical issues and health issues and sure. so forth. And a, a Malinois, if they're bred to their, you know, the breed standards, they're big, powerful dogs that want to work, work, work. And the average pet owner is just not going to be able to uh, handle that. And then what happens is sometimes the dogs redirect that energy on the human that's trying. They need a lot of work, 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 work. Where in law enforcement, the military, that's all they do is work. They just they're open, they're work seven days a week. If they're not actually working, they're in some type of training. Uh, so so, yeah, I'd be very careful uh with them but if, if you have a lifestyle that allows you to to channel that energy some people can it's a it, you have to be careful what you're getting yourself into no absolutely and i i'm not i'm not trying to discourage anyone from finding the pet of their dreams i just think that people spend a lot of time envisioning themselves with a certain type of dog what will we look like together versus the reality of what right. Dog needs and i find that to be a, a you know a huge problem you know like for example when you mentioned great dane eight popped into my head and the reason eight popped into my head you know why because most great danes live about eight years um, right. you know whereas if you had like a shih tzu that'll live 21 years i mean right. you know what will your life be 21 years later um so i think those kind of things are important so i mean you know I just think it's it's a good idea to, to you know, if you want to get a dog, 
you know, maybe it's kind of like President Biden. He has a German shepherd, maybe not a great dog for the White House. Maybe he would have been better off with a golden retriever. I, I don't know. The, right. these, are actually, these are just coasters that I have on my desk. But, you know, I think it's important to um, recognize. And like you said, it's about what's your lifestyle life and are you willing to try new things? I mean, not I agree. Right. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. Go. No, no but to your point, I, I think people are impulsive. Some people there's a small amount of popular. You know, some people are just dog lovers. They'll take a dog, a three legged dog. Whatever they get, blind dogs, deaf dogs, they just love dogs and they're willing to take on that responsibility. There's a small segment of people that just are impulsive and they want to, as you said, they want to buy the latest trend or something different. They'd rather walk through Central Park with a Great Dane than a, a Labrador because it stands out and some people are doing it for ego or whatever. So, yeah, but so, and that usually ends up in disaster and those pets usually end up in a shelter or, um, Yes. If you buy a dog because your 10 year old kid wants a dog, I can guarantee you the 10 year old is not going to be taking care of the dog. So if you buy you're, you're you're adopting a living creature that's going to be with you for hopefully 10, 12, 13, 14 years of your life. And it comes with a lot of responsibility. So when I see people impulsively go out and do this, get a designer dog or whatever it is, a, a year later, they want to get rid of it because they, it's, they're over it. It's, it's no more, no longer trendy. And that, that's annoying to me because these dogs end up either being not treated pr properly or raised properly or they end up in a shelter. Uh, so, yeah, people are impulsive. Uh, it's uh, you got to think twice about buying anything. Yeah, sure. Well, we got to wrap this up. Um, and, you know, like I said, I could talk to you for days and days and days. I, I'm going to have a million questions about India when you come back, um, you know. Give, just give us a wrap up of of canine policing these days with dogs. I mean, I, like I said, I think Yoda was great. He did a great job, but it's I, that's what I would expect of a highly trained police dog to do that type of job. You know, that's right. part of the course. Um, yeah, that's that's what they do. Yeah. yeah. So just their abilities, they almost have supernatural abilities because we can, they can find things that are invisible. They can find any item, plastic explosives, heroin, you name it, your remote control. Everything has an odor signature. Your house has an odor signature. Everything inside your house has an odor signature. So we can train dogs to find anything. So before you go, give us a website yes. where people can learn more about you and all of the things that you do, all those sexy dog jobs. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, my website is michaelsgool.com. Michael S is in scottgool.com. And of course, as you alluded to, Houndstown, USA, we have 50 locations throughout the country and they're fully interactive. What we do at Doggy Daycare is, is an amazing, life-changing, transformational experience for many, many, many of our customers. And when they see their dog in a pack, it's this emotional experience. And that's what's most rewarding for me and my staff when those when those incidents happen. That's great. Well, everyone, just right. to remind you, that was canine expert Michael Gould discussing canine policing in today's world. Like I said, I could talk to him for hours. I'm a big talker. So is he. Unfortunately, Mitt Romney learned the hard way, and perhaps this presidential candidate will learn when it comes to dogs, you need to be careful. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. 
Well, if you recall the story back in 1983, Romney put the family dog Seamus, an Irish setter in a crate, tied it to the top of the family station wagon and drove off for vacation. As a result of being left in a crate on top of a car as it sped down the highway, Seamus had diarrhea, which fouled the outside of the car. This story was like a broken record during the Romney presidential run. People searched for the story over and over and over again. And even journalist Gail Collins referenced it about three dozen times as she believed it revealed the character of the candidate. But what's the new canine scuttlebutt? Well, the new scuttlebutt has been revealed in Michael Wool's forthcoming book, The Fall, The End of Fox News and the Murdoch Dynasty. It's that, and this is the story, it's that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was accused of kicking Tucker Carlson's dog during a lunch. It seems that Governor DeSantis and his wife, Casey, were invited to the Carlson's Florida home, where Wolf reported that the governor failed the Susie Carlson test. Well, according to the book, for two hours, DeSantis sat at her table talking in an outdoor voice indoors, failing to observe any basics of a conversation ritual or propriety. He reeled off unselfconscious list of his programs and initiatives and political accomplishments. But that's when things went from bad to worse. Wolf detailed the uncertainty of an interaction. It seems that DeSantis had either pushed the dog under the table or he kicked the dog. Well, Tucker and Susie Carlson have four spaniels, supposedly whom they sleep with. So what were you thinking, Governor DeSantis? Never touch anyone's dog. Even though Tucker denies it, this story will haunt you. Like the Romney dog story will haunt Mitt Romney long after he leaves the Senate, which won't be that much longer. Whether true or not, this story is going to haunt you too. Dog goes missing. Owners don't give up. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something Well, a social media video that chronicles how a dachshund went missing only to be found by his owners two days later has shocked audiences online. The viral video, which has been viewed more than 12 million times since it was first shared, informed viewers that a miniature dachshund had gotten trapped in a tunnel underground after going missing days earlier while chasing rabbits. Miraculously, the dog had managed to stay alive after two days underground without any access to food or water. And he was reunited with his family once more after his owner dug into the ground tirelessly to find him. After the dog went missing, the father of the family did not give up looking and embarked on a two-day search without sleep. Although the video doesn't mention they heard the dog, the creator added that drain cameras and hearing equipment also helped the family locate the dog. And that without the support of friends and other family members, the dog was able to be saved. So it was a community effort. And it just goes to show you, know your breeds. Dachshunds like to go to the ground and chase squirrels and chase hares. So it's important to know your breed. So no wonder this dog found an opening. He went into the hole to chase a rabbit. But I will tell you this. I agree with the creator of this video. You never give up on your pets. Now that's something good. 
Dr. Tina, did you hear the bells? I did. Unfortunately, it's time to go. But I got to say, it was so much fun hanging out with you today. So before we go, I want to give you guys a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're talking about fall dangers for pets. And we're also talking about a service dog memorial that will be in Washington, D.C. So we're excited about learning more about that. Dr. Tina, can you thank our guests? We have special thanks today for our guests, Luke Barrett and Michael Gold. Awesome. And we also want to thank our sponsors. We always want to thank the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Also, we want to thank Dr. Marty and Nature's Balance. Uh, Nice having Dr. Marty here sponsoring the show as our food sponsor. If you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com and we'll cover it on next week's show. And if you miss any portion of this show, visit our social media channels at The Pet Buzz, as well as your favorite streaming channels, and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.